0: in today's quarantine culture churches are being shut down and yet abortion clinics remain essential services how is this possible in today's world find out more today on a view from the wall
1: join i am a watchman ministries managing editor joe kerr with co-host dylan burroughs bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as
0: believers to be watchmen. This is A View From The Wall. Welcome to A View From The Wall. This is Dylan Burroughs along with Joseph Kerr and today we have a very special guest, Abby Johnson. All Abby Johnson ever wanted to do was help women. As one of the youngest Planned Parenthood clinic directors in the nation, she was involved in upwards of 22,000 abortions and counseled countless women about their reproductive choices. Her passion surrounding a woman's right to choose even led her to become a spokesperson for Planned Parenthood, fighting to enact legislation for the cause she so deeply believed in. Until one day, she saw something that changed everything, leading Abby Johnson to join her former enemies at 40 Days of Life and become one of the most ardent pro-life speakers in America. Her story is included in the book Unplanned, which inspired the film Unplanned, and we're proud to have her with us today. Abby Johnson, welcome to A View from the Wall.
2: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Well, it's our honor to have you with us, and there's so much going on in our culture right now, but one interesting thing that we've seen in the news is that churches have essentially been shut down, but at the same time, there are many states where the abortion industry continues to operate. Tell us a little bit about what you're seeing.
2: Well, um, you know, there was a time within the past month where several states had actually shut down abortion clinics in their state. Um, saying that abortion was a non-essential service. Uh, we certainly saw, you know, many abortions canceled. Uh, we saw many lives being saved because of that, which was, you know, uh, amazing. That was an amazing success yes. for the pro-life movement and for those, for those babies whose lives were saved and, and for their mothers who would never know the pain of, of abortion. Um, but of course that, you know, fired up the abortion base, um, groups like Planned Parenthood and, and NARAL. You know, really, I, you know, in, in really the, the 20 years that I've been working on one side or the other of, of the abortion movement, um, I, I can't think of a time where the abortion industry has been so frenzied. Right. To provide abortion, it, it has been uh, really insane to watch. I mean, they—I I believe they are seeing truly uh, for the first time in twenty years—they are seeing uh, how just how close, just how desperate, or how—I mean, really, just how close they are to losing their grip. On legalized abortion, and I think their desperation is showing, and and they really have truly become frenzied during this time.
3: Abby, many of the clinics are closed, as are many of the pro life counseling centers. So, when women are in a situation of crisis right now, where can they go?
2: Well, you know, I have really been encouraging, as well as you know, many other pro lifers have really been encouraging these pregnancy centers to remain open, to um, have, you know, some sort of creative way to be able to reach out to your clients, to have texting services available, to have your phone lines open, even if you're not there um, in person, but to have phone lines open, to have hotlines open running 24 hours a day. You know, many times a woman does not um, have that crisis between 8 and 5 o'clock. Uh, in the afternoon, but she has her crisis at 10 o'clock at night, at 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, and right. so I've really been encouraging, you know, these pregnancy centers to be creative with their hours, um, you know, having texting options available, you know, having your Facebook messaging options open, your you know Instagram messaging open, um, responding to the needs of these women. There are um, pregnancy centers that are you know, they have little shelves outside. So they're meeting the needs of their women that, you know, with the resources the women are calling in and saying, you know, this is what I need. I need a couple onesies. I need, you know, diapers. I need this many diapers. I need some packages of wipes. I need formula. And they're making, uh, you know, care packages for them, putting their names on it, setting it outside for them to run by and pick up. So, you know, now is the time for, if you can't, you know, actually because of the law, open your doors, you know, now is the time to get creative to meet the needs of these clients.
0: Well, that's such a good way to put it because the crisis does not happen during normal operating hours, as you like to say. But uh, one thing that I also want to mention that's come up during this coronavirus period when people are staying at home is this issue of stay-at-home abortions or what are called chemical abortions. Mm -hmm. And people insist those are more dangerous and that's why abortion clinics must stay open during the coronavirus shutdown. Now, tell us a little bit about what the risks are that are involved in this situation.
2: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because for so long, Planned Parenthood, and I mean, even now, they'll say, you know, what we want to do is we want to prevent, you know, we, abortion needs to be, you know, legal because we want to prevent at-home abortions. But this is actually what they are promoting Through RU46, through medication abortion, they are promoting at-home abortion. That is what a medical abortion is. Um, That's what the pill abortion is. You are taking uh, a pill uh, in the clinic. You are uh, taking a pill through mail order now is how they're doing it uh, in some places. And then you are taking a series of pills at home. And you are aborting your baby at home. You are essentially um, going through the labor process. You are cramping. You are having um, labor type of cramps at home. You are bleeding. You are passing clots. You are passing your baby at home. You are um, passing your baby into a toilet, and then you are having to make the decision to flush your baby down the toilet. Um, This is a very intense, uh, both physically and emotional process and it's it's terribly unsafe it is significantly more unsafe than a surgical abortion both carry um, a lot of risk physically and certainly emotionally um, but this is now what the abortion industry is pushing for women these dangerous at home abortions there is a significant risk of retaining part of the baby in the uterus um, this you know that can cause sepsis that can cause infection um, women have died many women have died from that sort of infection you can hemorrhage to death um, because there is a lot of bleeding there it carries a, a lot of severe risk and Uh, This is what the abortion industry is now pushing on women during this pandemic, and it's incredibly dangerous. And, you know, you're talking about women, a lot of women who live in rural areas, um, they may be, you know, 30 to 60, 90 miles away from an emergent care center. And in many cases, if you are hemorrhaging to death, that may be too far to save your life.
0: Well, that's amazing to me that a place that claims to be a women's health organization would promote such actions. But there's much more to hear, so stay with us. We'll be right back on A View from the Wall.
1: From I Am a Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am a Watchman Minute. Amos had no formal training, but was called by God to be a powerful prophet. But when Amos shared God's message, which the priest, above all, should have embraced, he was attacked. The priest accused Amos of things that were not true. Amos was falsely accused, harshly questioned, even threatened, but he remained faithful. Could you? The enemy hoped Amos could be intimidated into silence or that threats would lead Amos to compromise his message. But Amos remained faithful. Would you? Amos's faith was tested. Yours will be too. So expect the enemy to attack. Keep your armor on. Stay in the Word and be fervent in prayer. Let the I'm a Watchman ministry help you on this journey. Be bold. Be faithful. Be a Watchman. I am a watchman.com.
0: Welcome back to A View from the Wall. We are here with Abby Johnson talking about some of the issues related to the current coronavirus quarantine and how it relates to pro-life issues. Now, many of you know Abby Johnson from her unplanned film, The Unplanned Book, and her work in the pro-life community. But I want to talk a little bit more about something she's working on now called Loveline. Uh, so tell us a little bit about this, Abby. Why do you create Loveline and what should people know about it?
2: Yeah, so you know, pregnancy centers have been doing a fantastic job. I mean, there's over 2,500 pregnancy centers across the country. They've been doing an amazing job of meeting the needs for pregnant moms, women who are in crisis, and generally, they meet the needs of women and their children until their babies are about two years old, in most most cases. But then what? Uh, What about you know the mom who maybe is a single mom and her baby's four years old and she's found herself needing assistance, right. um, you know, she maybe lost her job. She's in a tough spot. Um, what about the mom who has three children and they're teenagers and her husband just died and now they've lost their sole, um, income. You know, what about her? And so there's many, many situations. So, you know, the woman who, um, is leaving a situation of domestic violence. What about the mom whose husband just got deported? and she's now here with all of her children. There's many different situations in which a parent might find themselves struggling and in need of some extra support. And so, you know, what we found over the years is that, you know, there are many people who will say, well, you know, there's a resource for this or call this resource or, or you know, they may, these people may stop by a church and they'll say, you know, I'm in need of assistance um, and the church while well-intentioned, might give them a list. And it may have 50 resources on it. And these women will call the resources. And um, what we found through our own research is that over 90% of those resources that they call can't help. Um, either the resource is no longer in existence or the resource themselves is out of funding or the woman doesn't qualify for their help. And I just thought of myself, you know, if I was a person in crisis and I was calling these places that are, you know, supposedly supposed to be able to help me and all I hear on the other line is no, no, we can't help you. Or I hear that terrible sound of a disconnection notice of a phone. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, there's no hope for me. How am I going to, how am I going to pay my rent? How am I going to put food on the table for my family and that just has to be a very hopeless feeling. And I don't want children to feel hopeless. I don't want I don't want families to feel hopeless. And I just thought there has to be a better solution for them. And so our goal by creating Love Lines is to really help these families always hear a yes. And so we do the legwork for them. We make the phone calls. We help provide the resources. And we help them get on their feet so that they're no longer in crisis. And so that they can move forward um, feeling empowered. And then uh, we help them become a productive member of their community so that they can then pay it forward um, with another family in their community that may be in crisis. They can help empower another family um, who may need a hand up, um, who may need some of the resources that they use themselves. So, um, you know, it's really about not just empowering one family, but really trying to empower communities and to strengthen communities. And um, we want to get people plugged into their local churches. Um, we want to raise up the church, so, and, and raise up people in within the churches to sort of look from outside our church walls and to bring people into the church so that, you know, really the community knows about Christ and knows about what the church can offer them as
3: well. Abby, I love your heart, and it shows in everything that you've done from rescuing babies before birth to what you're doing with Loveline, where you're caring for those moms who made that difficult decision and have a child and maybe several. Um, I also love what you're doing for workers who were in the same situation you were in, who worked at an abortion clinic or maybe still do, Mm -hmm. and that you are working to get that message of hope and forgiveness and a little bit of your story and encourage them to make a a difficult decision too. your heart shows in all of those things. Thank you so much for that kind of approach and that you care about people. It's more than just that one moment on the sidewalk in front of an abortion clinic.
2: Well, thanks. I mean, that's, you know, I was talking to my daughter about this last night. I mean, you know, she's 13 and you know, sometimes, You know, truly being pro-life is, um, it's hard and it inconveniences our life, you know, and, um, it can be difficult to really accompany someone on their journey, but if we tell someone that, you know, we're going to help them, that we're going to be there for them. If we tell a mom, like, look, if you know, if you'll choose life, if you don't abort that baby, you know, I'm gonna help you, then we better be there to help her every step of the way. We better put her in contact with people who will help her, who will be on that journey with her. And sometimes it's hard and it's messy. But that's what it is to truly really be pro life. It's not just about saving the baby, it's about accompanying people and that's who we really have to be in this movement and it's not just until that baby's born it's it's really a holistic view because being pro-life is really about growing a family and growing a family in love and growing a family toward Christ
0: that's such a good way to put it, to building a family in the pro-life movement. And loveline.com does that. If you haven't caught that yet or haven't been there yet, write that down. Check that out, loveline.com. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Abby right after this on A View from the Wall.
1: A view from the wall comes from I Am A Watchman Ministries, established to help individuals know the love of Jesus, enter into a relationship with Jesus, live for Jesus, tell others about Jesus, and prepare for the imminent return of Jesus. We want to inspire the body to live a life of meaning and purpose, and at the coming judgment, hear the Lord say, well done, my good and faithful servant. The wise will strive to live well so that they can finish well, The prudent will work to be aware of what God has done and what prophecy notes he will do in the days to come. In support of these goals, the I Am a Watchman ministry is happy to make available at no cost a wealth of discipleship, prophecy, and spiritual growth resources for those who desire to learn and those who are called to lead. Find out more by visiting our website, Iamawatchman.com. That's Iamawatchman.com.
0: Welcome back to a view from the wall. This is Dylan and Joe. We've been talking with Abby Johnson from loveline.com. She's also the inspiration behind the unplanned movie and the author of the unplanned book. We've been having a great conversation today talking about some of the stories coming out of the pro-life movement. But one thing that is often overlooked is how your story has impacted other workers in the abortion industry. Tell us about some of the things that are happening in this area, if you would.
2: Yeah, so um, we've been at this for eight years now within and there were none. And um, we have helped uh, just over 570 abortion clinic workers leave their jobs, um, come to a place of healing, and then come into a relationship with Christ. So it's been really amazing um, because of these workers and their ability to come forward, work with state departments. We've been able to close 21 of uh, these abortion clinics where they once worked,
3: that is, and
2: cool. um, gosh, I mean, just the amount of lives that have been changed, the amount of lives that have been saved—we um, don't even know—but <laughs> um, uh, it's been truly amazing, and and just um, to see the healing, really, that that has come because of of these workers and through their own lives and and the lives of people around them, even in their own families, Um, women who have had abortions. it's, It's been tremendous.
0: I want people to understand this. This used to be your job. You used to be on the other side, so to speak, where you were working in this kind of an environment. And now you're changed to the other side where you're the one helping the workers on the inside to escape from this movement. Tell us how that makes you feel uh, going from one side to the other and the transformation that's taken place.
2: I mean, it's really, it's really beautiful. And it just shows, you know, the Bible talks about how God can, can use anything for his glory. And um, that I've certainly seen that in, in my life. And, um, you know, he's using all of our stories, all of our testimonies, um, for good. And, um, gosh, I mean, I, you know, I believe that God loves a good conversion story. Uh, we see that all over the Bible, uh, you know, Paul and King David and, um, you know, he can use any and all of us and, um, it's, it's really amazing just to see, what he can do and and what he's doing with with these women and men um, who are who are brave enough to come forward and to say you know I'm I just realized that everything I believed is a lie and that's a huge step I mean because nobody likes to admit when they're wrong but to admit that what you believed so deeply what was really at your core uh, was wrong and to walk away from that I mean it's just it's beautiful to see and, and to, um, to watch someone just be that humble. Um, it's really amazing. And, you know, sometimes people will say, gosh, you know, what's that like? A lot of times I'm on the phone with them as they walk out of their clinic for the last time. And people will say, Abby, what's that like, you know, to be on the phone with them in that last, you know, in that moment where they they walk out for the last time. And I tell them like, it's, it's like, being on the phone when a miracle is happening because that's that's really what it is i mean it's like witnessing a miracle
3: abby we like to conclude each program with a word of encouragement and challenge to those people on the front lines that's a term we hear a lot more right now we call them watchmen and watch women they interpret today's headlines in light of the Bible, what the Bible says specifically about Bible prophecy and last days. Abortion, of course, is one of many issues they're watching and warning about. What's the challenge for them?
2: So my challenge is to be encouraged, but to get active, you know, to not be complacent, to not think that abortion is someone else's issue to fight, that this is your issue to fight. That we can't just sit around and say, well, I'm I'm going to pray and that's going to be my contribution. Because our prayer life, if we're really serious about our prayer life, it should spur us to action. And God calls us to pray and act. And there are children being killed, about 2,400 of them, innocent children being killed every day in the name of choice that should spur us to act. We have to do something. I mean, if if you could see them being killed, if we could see the way that they are violently killed every day, if we could see it on the T V, if we could see it in the news, there's no way we could just sit here and say, well I'll let somebody else take care of it. We would be doing something about it. And that is my call to you today you know we we talk about the political process and that's certainly important i mean every single one of us is christians we um we are called to vote and that's one way that we act but you know abortions aren't happening in the white house they're not happening in the halls of congress they're happening in abortion facilities down the road in your community to your people to women in your churches people you worship with to your neighbors, your circle of friends, to people that you know. We must be there. We must go and pray outside of these clinics. We must be volunteering in these pregnancy centers. We have to be the people on the front lines because if it's not us, then who will it be? And so I encourage you to get active in the fight if you're not already. I encourage you to find out how you can be the feet on the ground in your local community to help end abortion.
0: Well, that's so well said. And you said many things there. I want to recap a couple of them. One is we need to continue to pray for those involved in the pro-life movement, for those lives being saved in the pro-life movement. And as she mentioned, it's not someone else's job to do. We all have a role to play. If you want to find out more about Abby Johnson and her work, please go to loveline.com. You can also find out more about the film and the book at unplannedfilm.com. And Abby, we appreciate so much the work you were doing, and thank you today for being with us on A View from the Wall.
2: Thank you so much. Thanks for
0: having me. And of course, we'd like to encourage you to go to our website as well at Iamawatchman.com. Iamawatchman.com. You can get tons of resources on Bible prophecy, on spiritual growth, on Christian worldview. We'd love to help you any way we can. So reach out to us there. Thanks again for being with us here on A View from the Wall. We'll be with you next time.